Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. Welcome back, everybody, to our Good New Days series. We're going to conclude this morning with a message that I've titled Shine Bright. Early in Jesus' ministry, he was teaching to what we now know is called the Sermon on the Mount. And he was teaching to thousands of people who had come out of the cities and, and the villages and gathered on a hillside to, to hear him speak and teach. And he's talking about his kingdom. And he did this because his kingdom is so different than our own. He said this, Matthew chapter 6. He said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Then in verse 33, he said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. Let's go down to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. He said, blessed are those who are poor in heart. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor. He's saying this. And, and he taught about the kingdom of God so that we could live with a new way of thinking here on earth. In the middle of this teaching, everything shifted when he said these words. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He didn't say him. He said in this moment, he said, you, you are the light of the world. Now, they didn't know what he meant by that. All these people were from random, random people, different variations and walks of life. And they had heard about this great teacher named Jesus, and they had come out to find him. And he was already performing the miraculous, but the, the, the focus begins to shift. And, and he says, not about himself, but about them, you are the light of the world. Now, we also know that Jesus referred to himself as the light of the world. He's often referred to as that. But now Jesus is making this not about him, but about you and I. He's making this about us, those who follow in his kingdom teachings and his, that he's giving in this moment. He's, and he says, you, he calls you out, right? You are the light of the world. You are the light of your household. You are the light of New Mexico. You're the light of Quake County. You're, you're the light of the world. He says, I am the eternal one. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But if this country is going to be illuminated with the love and the knowledge of God, it's going to be, it's going to be by me, Jesus is saying, through you. By me, through you. Then he goes on to say in, in verse 14, Matthew chapter 5, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. But remember what, where Jesus is speaking. Because the context makes, it, it means everything. He's, he's on the banks of the Sea of Galilee, and he's, he's surrounded by all these little towns all the way around, and all these villages. And, and if you've ever been out on a lake after dark, right, you know that the little bitty towns all around, or maybe the big cities, they shine bright. You might not even know where they are during the day, but in the middle of the darkness, what is shining shines really bright. And Jesus says, with, when everything grows dark and dim around you, my church, my people, you, you are the light of the world. Matthew 5, verse 15. Neither do, pe neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone 
in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In other words, the way the city, the city comes to life, the way the city is going to come to worship, the way the city, the way people are going to come into a relationship with God is because of the light of Christ in his followers in this city. And the church, guys, listen, the church is a city within the city, okay? So he's saying, I just want you to shine bright. These, there's some good new days. There's some wonderful days ahead of, for you and for, for the world, but we've got to learn to shine bright. I want you to be the light of the world. Now check this out. From, from 1878 to 1880, Thomas Edison worked, was working really hard to create the light bulb, right? To perfect it. He had over 3,000 different versions of creating a light bulb when finally what he was working to create, he finally patented in 1879, and that is the carbon filament. In each light bulb, the thing that makes everything possible is, is that little filament inside this vacuum-sealed environment of a bulb, just this little bitty piece that's inside there. It, and Edison knew, Edison knew that that little filament was going to be the most important part for light to come to the world. And so in 1879, he patents the carbon filament and begins to experiment with 6,000 different types of plant fibers to discover what would work best. And he ended up with bamboo fiber, bamboo fiber, because bamboo fiber carbonized would burn for 1200 hours. And so that was his original thought and original invention of Edison. But like all things, that invention got improved on in time and again. And eventually in, in, eventually in the 1900s, another physicist developed the element of tungsten as the better use of for, for a filament. The reason being is that tungsten had the highest melting point of any chemical compound that we knew of at the time. And so it would, it would withstand this jolt of electricity and the sudden urge of heat and that sensation that would, that would it, as, it, it's, as it's being lit up, right? So now this little tungsten thread, this little bitty part, this little filament, once connected to the right source, is heated in such a way that it provides light to an entire room. Filament is actually oh, the, the word from Thread, And you can see why that, that, that would be true. When you look at the nature of a, a light bulb filament, right, that that would be the case. Now, when connected to the source, that little bitty part bright, glows really, really brightly and to light up any environment where it might be placed. And I believe, I believe that God is asking us today to be the thread, to be that piece, to be that part that can shine really brightly in your family, in your workplace, wherever you might find yourself, right? Brightly over your city. And when Jesus taught this, 
everything shifted. He said, you are the light of the world. Now, I want to talk today about this amazing invitation that Jesus has to offer us. And it starts actually on the first page of scripture in Genesis chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But look, look what the situation was at the start. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So when God spoke and when God created the heavens and the earth, the first thing we notice is that the earth is formless and void. There's no shape. There's no beauty. There's no order. Darkness literally covered the earth. And I say that today because that's still a reality of a life without God. That is still the reality. It's formless and void. It's missing its optimum meaning, and it will chase seemingly everything good out that's, that's out there to offer it. But here's the power of the grace of God. It says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and the Spirit of God is always speaking. And into the void, He speaks. That, that should bring a lot of hope for any of us that might be lost or without Jesus, any of us that know those who aren't following him with their life. And, and God says in Genesis 1, four little words, four words that changed everything. He said, let there be light. Let there be light. And, and it says, and God saw that the light was good. Now, I don't think there was a, a big dramatic presentation you know, it's God. He, he existed. He had created the world. He created this earth and he speaks this out into existence. I don't think it was a, a major moment for him. I don't think he summoned the courage to Nope. He just said those four words, let there be light. And God saw that the light was good and into the darkness. Listen, the light came and how did it arrive? Very important that we understand this. How did the light arrive? By the voice of God. Light came into the darkness by the voice of God. This is how God worked. Then this is how God still works in our lives today. In any area of our life that's formless and void, God's spirit is close by and his spirit wants to move and his spirit wants to change our situation. And he's going to do that by what? By the word of God. God. That's how he does it. He speaks through his word by the voice of God, speaking through the word of God into our lives, the word of God, the voice of God speaking into that void, into the darkness. Suddenly our lives are illuminated because of the voice of God speaking into the unknown parts of our lives. Just like he spoke into the darkness, he speaks into the unknown parts of our lives today. The word of God is, is light that comes into our life. It's, it's not just a book, okay? It's not just a book. Listen, it's the word of God. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So in your business, right? In your family, in the classroom, on the court, wherever you might find yourself, how does light come into every area of your life. When it comes to you, when you open up the very voice and word of God, right? Do you open up the word of God? When that happens, 
By His Spirit, God brings life and light and it brightens our world. You shine this word on your path and your word is a lamp unto my what? Path. It is a lamp unto my feet. It's to guide me to illuminate where my feet will step, right? It's to give me a path. It shows me where to go. That's the thread. That's the filament. We're talking about it's the word of God speaking into the formless void of the dark. And he did it then and he's doing it now. Okay, listen, that's the power of God. It's also the predicament that we find ourselves in. Because here's the thing, when you lose the voice, you lose the light. When you lose the voice, you lose the ability to step forward. You lose the ability for the wisdom and knowledge that God has been giving you and guiding you the whole time. Suddenly you find yourself in the dark and we've got to return to that voice in our life being the word of God illuminating the darkness for us. And, and, and all, all the way from the beginning, listen, God chose to bring light. He chose to light up your world, right? He chose to, do, to light up your life with his voice and his truth. Even today, it's, it's important that we, we do these things. We spend time and study. We do that because we're inviting God to brighten our path. It's what we're doing. The truth about your identity, you need light. The truth about your future, you need light. And the light comes from the voice of God. Now, the second thing that we see as we move through Scripture is not just the the voice of God that brought light into creation, but it's also the person of Jesus who, who brings light to our lives, okay? Because Jesus is the embodiment of the Word. We, we literally call Jesus the word, right? The word, meaning in the beginning, the voice of God, again, the nature of him is, is in him in human form. That's Jesus. So he is God and he's speaking now in the world. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus doesn't just come and say, I am the right in the world. He says, I am the light of of the world. Listen, it's not all about us being right as believers, as followers of Christ. It's no one wants to be around that person that's just right. But he wants to everybody wants to be around the person who light, who brings bright who brightens up the room when they walk in, who who makes everything better, right? Who seemingly when they're a part of something, it just goes better. They brighten. It's so important. We're called to be light into this world and Jesus calls us he, he embodies this as he comes and lives before us and shows us the way to do it he, he doesn't just he's not just right all the time and rubs everybody's face in it right and they're wrong and he's right no he wants to bring light to the entire place so if you need darkness to be done away with okay if Jesus is the light of your life if, if you need, if you need, if there's things that are going on in you, if there's, if there's struggles that you're having routinely, oh, Jesus is the light that'll help you. He does that, listen, by transferring us out of darkness and, and into, as scripture says, his wonderful light. First Peter chapter two, verse nine says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. In Matthew 5, Jesus is teaching 
about the kingdom of God. And he's preaching what is known, again, as the Sermon on the Mount. But in Matthew 4, we get the context for where he's headed. And the context often gets mixed, missed. In Matthew 4, we, we see the temptation of Jesus. And then in verse 12, we see the beginning of his public ministry. Check it out. Matthew 4, verse 12. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Nephtali, to, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Nephtali, the way, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, the Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness, check it out, have seen a great light. Those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Listen to this, because something happened, something, we, we'll miss this if we're not careful, okay? Jesus grew up in Nazareth. He grew up there. Then he goes out into the wilderness. The Bible says he's tempted there in the wilderness. And then he returns from the wilderness and he moves from Nazareth to Capernaum, okay? Why does he do this? Why does he do it? Well, one reason is because he's fulfilling He's fulfilling the prophecy that God had told his people hundreds of years before through the prophet Isaiah. When Isaiah says, and this, this is where, this is what Isaiah says. It's in this area that God, God's word that, 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 and plan that the plan of God is being fulfilled. Okay. What is the plan? Those living in darkness are going to have the light come to them. Light will come. That's that's the power of God. That's the dedication of God that, that God has that for, for those that are without him, right? This is the same that was said about Jesus when the shepherds come to announce his birth. Remember, the shepherds heard a voice and they saw what? They saw a great light that was around them. Even at the birth of Jesus, it was the, the illustration that God was using that light had come. That light had come. So this setup for this incredible sermon that Jesus preached, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, to, th this is when Jesus' ministry is really starting to really start rolling. The, the full ministry of Jesus right here in chapter 4, he, he, is, he is relocated so that he can fulfill a promise. And if you look back to Isaiah chapter 9, you see the, the full promise. Let's look there. Isaiah 9 verse 1. Nevertheless... There will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the, he, he humbled the land of Zebulun, the land of Nephtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Now let's look at Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a what? A great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And then a very, a very familiar passage of scripture to all of us. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. See, Isaiah was talking about a person, not a place. He's talking about the person of Jesus, not a place. And then in Matthew 4, the arrival of that person to the story. And God gets 
that person, that person being Jesus, right? His son, he gets Jesus to connect all the dots of the story. Jesus not only gets us out of hell and into heaven, okay? He not only gets us out of spiritual death into spiritual life, but he also gets us out of darkness and into the light. It's, it's if he becomes the filament of God's story, right? And he shines it out. It seems that he has this, no one else maybe for sure has had, would have the high melting point to be able to endure the stress and the pressure and the pain of the cross, right? And the scourging and the beating that he withstood. The son of God said, put me in the story. Put me in there. Put me in. I want to be in the thread of that story. And then God uses his life to break us out of the darkness of our own. Incredible. This is what God had in mind all along to bring us out of the darkness and into the light. I love what it says about Jesus in John chapter one, verse five, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So Jesus comes into the story and says, I will be the one who connect with the creator of light to those, to connect those who need it the most. I will be heated to intensity, right? The pain, the, the, all the, that he endures, the, the betrayal, the, the, all, the, all that Jesus endures, that he endures that so that he could bring the brightness of the light of God, the love of God to mankind so that his works would be seen by all men. And, and, and he says, and so that my father will be glorified. He says it this way. I will let my life shine before men that they see my good works and glorify my father in heaven. And I will be a city set on a hill. And I will be the light of life to anyone that I can. How amazing is that? Nothing will extinguish the light of Jesus. And we get to be the, the, we get to light the world with the light of Jesus Christ. We get to bring him to the world. We have light because he has overwhelmed the darkness. He withstood the pressure. He shined the brightest during his darkest pain and his light will not be extinguished and neither can our own. I want you to know that when, when Jesus said then, he's saying now, shine bright, shine bright. And Jesus is saying, I will shine brightly through you. It's not on your own doing, but I will shine through you. Second Corinthians verse four, for we, for what we preach is not of ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus sake, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God, God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Listen, he's still the light of the world, but he's not light in the world. You are. We're the light in the world. And if this world is ever going to see and know, if they're ever going to feel the love of God, if they're ever going to be transformed by his grace and mercy. If old mindsets are going to go away and God replaces those with the things of his thoughts and his wisdom, it's going to be because you shine bright. 
It's going to be because we as, as a church, we as a people, we're shining bright. We're declaring the goodness and love of God. They don't need just right. They need the light of God, okay? They, the people around us, they need his mercy. They need his grace. They need his love. They need his care. And what they need is someone who walks in and illuminates the darkness and who, who can change the atmosphere, right? Who can, who can help people see and find a way home. And if, and if you're listening today and think, you know what? I'm not walking in this light as, as scripture is speaking of. Give your life to the Lordship of Jesus even today. He will brighten your path. He'll change your future. You'll literally, I say this all the time, but you'll literally rewrite your tomorrows today. And everything will change. I believe your family will change, your city will change, and the world changes when we devote ourselves to Jesus Christ. I want to pray for you that some of you right now would do that. Others of us that are walking in relationship with Jesus, maybe our, maybe our light's been a little dim lately. Would, can I just encourage you to shine brighter than ever before? This world right now needs a really bright representation of the love of God. Can we pray together? Lord God, we love you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for your word that's literally, it's, it's, it's your heart for us. So God, I pray that today, that all, everyone watching, that, that we would grow closer to you. That those that are watching, that are right now contemplating, do I give my life to Jesus? Do I allow him to be the Lord of my life? Can I just encourage you? It's the best decision you'll ever make. You'll never regret giving your life to Jesus Christ. Let him lead and guide your heart. The Bible says if we accept him as Lord and Savior of our life, believe that he is the Son of God. Confess with our mouth, right? Believe in our heart that we will be saved. Will you do that? Will you do that right there where you are and just confess Jesus? Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.